beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. I a little bit cannot believe that it is already summer. I mean, after last year being the longest year of all time, it felt like 2021 is clipping along at a little bit of an intense rate. But here we are in the throes of spring, in the very beginning of summer. School is starting to wind down. The weather is changing. Hopefully we are looking ahead to three months of joy and memories and a summer very, very unlike last year. And so that's what I was thinking about especially as I put together these prompts 10 prompts for summer, primarily the beginning of summer. I couldn't help but contrast it a little bit with last year, and that sort of shaped my thinking here. 
But a few words on these prompt episodes and kind of my thinking around them. I love these episodes and based on your feedback, I think you do too. I create the 10 prompts episodes every couple of months, sort of around whatever's happening, a season, an event, and I'm just giving you 10 prompts that you can use in whatever way makes sense for you. You can use them as journal prompts. You can use them as conversation starters with your partner. You can use them as like family discussion prompts where you go around and answer. Maybe you just listen and it kind of gets your wheels turning, even if you never answer them in a formal way. But I have found that kind of putting pen to paper on these questions or just having a really solid conversation around the ideas that these prompts that these questions bring up, it can really shape how you think about that time, be it in the future or the past. So recent prompt episodes, if you're new around here and want to go back and listen to some of them, episode 106 was 10 questions to mark one year of the pandemic. That was something I heard became a really good conversation for families. Maybe they could involve their whole family, whatever that looks like for you, in a conversation like that. And, you know, that's still very valid. Yes, we're a few months past the exact one-year mark, but there's still a lot of reflecting going on. That topic is still oh so relevant if you want to go listen to that one. Episode 95 is 10 questions for the end of the year. Clearly, that's an end of year episode, and it was a little bit 2020 specific. But I also think a lot of the end of prompts, I did a end of the year in 2019 also episode, those end of the year episodes, they could also work with the ending of anything, really. It doesn't have to be the year. And speaking of, episode 76 was 10 questions to ask yourself in the middle of of anything, whether that's in the middle of the year that came out last summer, the middle of a season for you, a job, parenting, a trip, I don't know, anything. 10 questions for the middle of anything. That's episode 76. So today we're going to do 10 prompts for summer. And like the end of the year episode, I've tailored this a little bit to summer just because that's where we are, but this episode can also be used for the beginning of anything, really. 10 questions for the beginning of anything. So that's what we're going to talk through today. I want us to have the best summer season that we can. And I know that is complicated for a lot of people. I know that summer means a lot of different things to a lot of people, depending on what your family life looks like, depending on what your job looks like. Summer can, you know, look radically different from other seasons in the year, or it can sort of be ho-hum, not that different maybe except for the weather or something. So I know we're all approaching this with a different mentality or thinking about this in a different way, but these prompts work for everything. If you have a family, if you don't, if you have a job, if you don't, if you're in the best season of your life, if you are experiencing deep grief. I hope that you can take prompts like this and that they are helpful to you to process out your feelings, to name your feelings, and to get you to the end of the summer feeling like you were present and like on the whole, that time looked the way you wanted it to, to the best of your control. Because for me, it's really disappointing when I get to the end of something, of anything, a weekend, a summer, 
a date night, a relationship. And I look back and I think, well, that didn't go how I wanted it to go. (laughs) So that is what I'm trying to avoid here when we make these prompts, whether we're at the beginning, middle, or end of anything, that we are just able to put ourselves in a state of mind that is more present, that is more intentional, all of those buzzy words that we hear that sound nice, but can be a little bit vague. This is putting some real meat on those bones. So here we go with 10 prompts for summer, except first, really quickly, I meant to remind you, as I periodically do, that if you want to be in the knowiest of knows, if you want to have all the inside scoop, hear all the things that I don't put on Instagram or even on this show, If you want to be the first to hear special announcements, get my gift guides, have a digest of all of my reading and podcast and article recommendations, all of that behind the scenes stuff comes in the secret posts. The secret posts are my non-monthly newsletter. And I say non-monthly because theoretically, the secret posts are supposed to go out every month. In actuality, they go out every few months because they are just that monstrous of an email. I really do pack a lot of information and links and resources and stuff into the secret posts. And in fact, I have a big announcement coming out soon, something I'm launching this summer that I'm really excited about. I am putting that, as always, in the secret posts first, as well as some personal things that I've been meaning to write up about why we moved houses last month, all kinds of things. So if you want to sign up for the secret posts, you can always go to 10thingstotellyou.com. They're in the sidebar or across the top. Sign up for secret posts. I also always put a link in the show description or the show notes for these episodes. You can always sign up for the secret posts that way so that this information comes straight to your inbox. And like I said, there's some really exciting things unfolding in June that if you want to be first on the list for these things, you have to be a Secret Post subscriber. Okay, 10 summer prompts. Number one, we're going to go all the way there with number one. What will make this summer successful? That's number one, identifying that. Now, often that type of question or that type of thought is at the end of our prompt. We sort of identify all these side periphery things and then we get to the very end and we're like evaluating if a thing worked or didn't. Well, because we're at the beginning of a season, we're going to start with that. What would make this summer successful? Successful in whatever that means. If it was fun, if you achieved something, if you just managed to make it through, right? Sometimes that is our measure of success, is just putting one foot in front of another. And there are times when that is gold medal, gold star success. So think about what for you success would mean at the end of the summer. And you might have a personal answer here, like, you know, taking account your own mental health or your own goals. And then you might have like a family answer for what this looks like for your family. And then you may have a work answer. You know, you don't always have to have like one definitive line as you answer these things. And if you're using these prompts in conversation, you might answer a little differently with your spouse than you do in your journal. That's totally fine. But just start to think about 
What would make this summer a success for me? When I get to the end of it, what would bring a big exhale of relief or achievement? What would make you say, wow, what a great summer? Or depending on where you are, if that bar is a little bit too high, what would make you say, I did it. I got through this summer. That is prompt number one. Number two, what can we do this year that we couldn't do last year? Now, this is just sort of fun, almost brainstorming one. And the point of this prompt or this question is really, hopefully, to bring about a bit of gratitude. I know a lot of us have had very different pandemic experiences, so I'm not exactly sure what these answers are going to look like for everyone. And maybe gratitude is the wrong word here, because if you have experienced loss or hardship lately, then you might turn this one on its head and remind yourself of what you could do last year that is missing this year and take that as a moment just to honor that. But the prompt that came to mind for me as I was putting these together was, you know, going around the table with my family and saying, what can we do this year that we couldn't do last year? And instead of like feeling any kind of boredom or non-excitement for any of the things we might be talking about, just having the gratitude that we are able to go to restaurants, see friends and family, travel, you know, lots of things that we are able to do this year that we couldn't do last year. And even though some of them are very normal things, eating out in a restaurant, for example, I don't know that we'll take that for granted so much this year. It feels like a miracle to sit at a restaurant right now. And so this just sort of remembers the past a little bit and helps us appreciate what is ahead of us for the next few months. Okay, now number three, prompt number three is, what do I want my relationship to screens to look like this summer? Yes, we are going to talk about screens in this introspective exercise that we're doing. Because as I was thinking about it, this is actually something I want to think about for my summer. Isn't it funny that, you know, even just a few years ago, maybe this wasn't the conversation, but it certainly is now. Because, like has been true for many, many months, probably years now, our relationship to screens is very complicated. In the pandemic, I've never been more grateful for anything. Screens connected us. Screens helped me beyond measure get through some of that loneliness and isolation. But of course, the flip side that we all know, being on our screens too much or sort of in non-beneficial ways, has its own problems. We end up wasting time. We maybe don't have to give. We end up with migraines, headaches, neck pain, thumb pain. Of course, there's the emotional part of it. Sometimes screens, as connecting as they can be, can also be incredibly isolating. It can foster resentment, jealousy, some of the uglier sides of ourselves that can come out when we're mindlessly scrolling. Our anxiety levels can really peak when we become news junkies on our screens. I'm sure most of us can give like really long and pretty detailed pro and con lists of these devices that we hold in our hand all day or that we sit in front of at a desk all day. Like we all have our whole like dissertation of ideas around screens. And while sometimes, you know, you can't help your work life, what that dictates for your screens, or certainly if you're talking about your family, that 
possibly your kids had to do school on a screen and that just couldn't be helped. I mean, there's part of this that we don't have a lot of control over. But as always, the parts that we do have control over are general screen time. That's what this prompt is asking about. What do you want your relationship to screens to be? Is summer an opportunity to have screen-free days or screen-free hours? Do you want to try something different in your relationship to screens? You know, maybe deleting certain apps off your phone, setting it to do not disturb during certain hours. Do we want to take this moment to buy a little dumb alarm clock to use so that we don't have to keep screens in our bedrooms at all? Is it time to truly enforce some kind of family rule like no screens at the table, which in our family has kind of always been a rule but we've like let so many of our screen rules be very lax in the last year because we were all just sort of, you know, muddling through and choosing which battles to fight. And sometimes it's not the screen battle. Sometimes having my kids on screens helped me. Sometimes it helped them because, again, the connection issue. This is not a cut and dry thing. I am not giving by any means any judgment to anyone on their own screen use or their family's screen use. I'm just offering it up as a time if things are changing in your day, in your rhythms, like if this is just an opportunity to reevaluate and also maybe implement something that doesn't have to be forever. It doesn't mean you're breaking up with your phone. It just means in this month, in this three months, whatever, we're just going to try something new. Or I'm just going to see what it feels like to take social media off my phone for just a week or something like that. It's just a moment. Like, let's just try it. Everyone's a little bit on a different wavelength in the summer. And so you don't maybe feel the pressure to be by your phone at every moment like you do in other parts of the year. I mean, again, we can all think about this really differently, but let's just take the prompt for what it is. What do you want your relationship to screens to look like this summer. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben-free. It is also pH-balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, and use code U, Y-O-U. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so number four in the 10 prompts for summer is a little bit related to the whole speech I gave to you about screens, but it's really the healthier side of this. What will I read, watch, or listen to? So I've talked about on this show like basically for months now, that I had a reading plan for 2021. I really had high hopes for my reading life and how I wanted it to go in this year after 2020 being so weird. I've also talked about how I blew that reading plan all the way to smithereens. And it's true. That is true. But I am trying to get back on track with it. And I feel like with this prompt, what will I read, watch, or listen to? Pick all three if you are a consumer of all kinds of entertainments, or just pick one. And think about making a very loose entertainment plan. I will read X number of books, or I will read this series, or I will read something I always meant to read. Same with watching and listening. If there's a show or a movie or something that you've always wanted to watch, or it's been on your list for a long time, this is a fun way to sort of incorporate it into what your summer is going to look like. Like if you have a show that you want to binge, you can be like, I'm going to binge all of whatever this summer. You know, I've talked about how during the pandemic, so this wasn't just summer, but kind of last spring, summer, fall, our family watched the Marvel movies in order. And this was the best family project. My kids were just at the right age, just old enough to be able to do that. And I loved it, not just for the Marvel movies, although we could talk all about that and we might in the future, but just having like this family watch project, like we had something to look forward to together, something to sort of talk about on a regular basis. And I really loved that. And I want to continue to do that with TV series or, you know, a set of movies like this. It makes for good conversation. It makes for a good family activity. If you don't have kids, you might consider doing something like this with a partner or a bestie, you know, something that kind of links you and gives you something to talk about or something to kind of have on the calendar together. Like every Friday night, we watch this. It really is fun and easy and accessible to have something that you watch. And then you sort of tie it to a time often, right? Like you look back and be like, oh, that was the summer that we binged Game of Thrones or whatever. And it's sort of, it's like a nice memory. It's like the equivalent of watching holiday movies and how that gets tied to your holiday season, only now it's summer. So summer movies or summer shows tied to a season. I like this. And sometimes I like this in theory, but then again, I get to the end of the season and I'm like, well, I didn't do that. (laughs) You know, I wanted to do that as a family activity or as a personal goal. I wanted to read XYZ and well, I just didn't. (laughs) But if you make a plan, maybe if you have some accountability by having this conversation with someone else then it's nice. It's sort of just a fun one, not a requirement by any means, but it's kind of nice to just say these entertainment hopes, if you will, out loud. Maybe then you would stick to them. Okay, number five. What can I try that's new? Don't be terrified by this prompt, as I was a little bit when I wrote it. I don't like new things. I've had a lot of new things lately, and I really just need things to be not new for a minute. I need things to be status quo because... I get kind of anxious around 
too many new things happening at once. But a small new thing can be really fun in the summer, and it can be very simple. This does not have to be a complicated like matrix of summer bucket checklist. What can I try that's new can just be as simple as trying a new restaurant, trying a new style, hairstyle, app, way of eating. Maybe you want to experiment with, you know, some kind of cooking or something this summer. What can I try that's new? Once I get past a little bit of the anxiety that that induces, I actually do get excited. It's fun to try something new, especially when the stakes are low. Maybe you want to try a new genre of book or movie like we just talked about. Maybe you want to try some new screen rules. Some of these are overlapping a bit, and that's okay. Also, your what you try something new, it could be huge. You know, it could be a new place to vacation or feels like a lot of people's lives are shifting and changing up right now. Maybe your something new is really, truly new. Like in our life, of course, we changed houses. We're in a new house right now, just a few weeks in. That will probably be my something new for the summer because it's a really big deal. So everyone's try something new is going to be on a different level, but it still can be fun to plan for, something to look forward to or something to sort of orient yourself around if you're trying to try something new just once this summer or if you're like, I'm going to try something new once a week this month or this season. That might be a smidge lofty for me, but not if it was a new restaurant in your neighborhood, something like that. What seems like just a tiny little change like that can really make a difference in your attitude and sort of the way that you're approaching your schedule or it can just be a little bit of fun in this season. So that was number five. What can I try that's new? You will appreciate that it goes hand in hand with number six. What can I repeat that has worked? So a lot of times when I'm doing these prompt episodes and we're kind of reflecting back or forward on what worked and what didn't. I find this to be really helpful. I do this all the time, whether I'm talking about a task, a trip, anything. Like, you know, we talk about what will we do next time or what we will not do next time. This is your chance. Number six, what can I repeat that worked? So maybe you find this out as you go along, you start something new and then you realize, oh, this is working for me. I'm going to repeat that this summer. It feels good to get up an hour earlier. It feels good to listen to audiobooks in the car, to meal plan so that I'm less stressed around dinner time. I mean, lots of ways that we can think about repeating what worked. You might look to the past and realize, hey, you know, we took a trip a few years ago. It was really amazing. And maybe we put too much pressure on ourselves to do something new every single summer. Why don't we repeat something that we knew went well? We liked a location. We liked a restaurant. What can we repeat that worked? Let's not reinvent the wheel all the time. What can we do that we already know is a home run? And if you're talking about this one in a group setting, so in your family or at work even, if you're talking about this particular one with someone else, you might be surprised at their answer. Like maybe you think that something worked in the past, that you'll get feedback it didn't so much, or vice versa, like something that you wouldn't even begin to think about repeating. Someone says, hey, remember when we did this? Why don't we try that again? Keep your ears perked up for those kinds of requests or that kind of feedback, because often repeating something that has already worked can take our stress level down 10 notches. 
I don't want to go on too much of a tangent here, but I will say back in the day, pre-COVID, when we used to entertain a lot, my husband and I used to have people over all the time. And for years, I put a lot of pressure on myself to like come up with a new and unique meal to serve, food or drink or something to serve every time I wanted it to feel like, I don't know, this special or unique experience every time someone came to my house. And it took me a very long time to realize that that effort was, for the most part, wasted effort. I mean, sure, I want people to feel welcome. I want people to be fed and hydrated. But most of the time, people who are coming over want to enjoy your company, want to sit around and gab, want to help out at the grill if that's what you're doing. I mean, people are not looking to be entertained like they're at a fancy party every time, nor are they looking to be fed like we're professional chefs. Like most people are there for the connection and the time. I mean, unless that's what you're especially known for, and it isn't what I was known for or like where my talents are. And so it was just a lot of stress for me to always figure out a new recipe or like be all unique about it. And so now I have some tried and trues that I just stick with. I have restaurants I love for takeout. I have stuff that I make over and over again to the point that people now request it of me or hope that that's what I'm making. It's so much better. It's easier for me and my guests look forward to it than trying something new all the time that may or may not be successful. And that just adds a lot to my mental plate. So this one is not about entertaining this prompt. What can you repeat that worked? It can apply to all kinds of things, scheduling, exercise, hair and makeup, styling, travel. Like there's lots of things that you can look at and be like, what can I mark off the list as something to think about? (laughs) This is a thing I will give no more energy towards. A capsule wardrobe just now came to mind. I've been thinking more and more about that for myself, even though I've never committed to it. I have been thinking about it in terms of one less thing to worry about in busy seasons would be like what to wear, what looks cute together, what's a flattering fit, what do I feel good in, why do I have to reinvent this wheel every single day? It's like, it's not what I want to put my focus on. So what can I repeat that works? And that's the number six prompt. Number seven, one of my favorites, who can I connect with or reconnect with? Anytime is a great time to connect or reconnect, but I'm feeling reinvigorated as Los Angeles opens back up and people are becoming more social and friends that I have not seen in over a year. I've not seen their beautiful faces in over a year. I am ready to see them. I am ready to reach out and connect or reconnect with people who, like me, have been treading water, white-knuckling it. We've barely talked in a long time. Now, this might not be COVID-related at all for anyone. This might just be someone that you've been meaning to reach out to for years now, and this is a little prompt or nudge to do so. Send them a Facebook message, write them a letter, send a quick text. Who do you want to connect with or reconnect with? Now, I understand there's a lot of special circumstances where... This needs to be a real like heartfelt thing. There needs to be a lot of care put into how you reach out to someone to connect and reconnect, just depending on the circumstances. I understand that. But if that's not you, if it's just someone you kind of miss, you just sort of fell out of touch, who knows why, there wasn't a big drama, There, it's not a big emotional moment, 
then don't infuse something with drama that doesn't need it. Shoot a quick text or a quick email and say, hey, I've missed you. Would you like to get together? Or if they're not local to you, hey, I've been thinking about you so much. Would you be open to a phone date or a FaceTime date? Let's catch up. Like it does not have to be this overwrought thing. And I, I've talked about this before because I have experienced all sides of this. I really feel like I have. I have like really stressed myself out by wanting to reconnect with someone and I have way overthought it. I've also been on the receiving end of people doing it in much too dramatic of a fashion or also in a very simple, very effective way where I took note, took note enough to talk about how someone else tried to reconnect with me and it was amazing how simple and easy it was. If there's not a whole big crazy backstory, then most people welcome a quick reconnection. And I don't know why we get it into our brains that there has to be like a big sit down talk about why we lost touch or, you know, why it's been so long or whatever. It just doesn't always have to be that. I think truly, I think most of the time it doesn't have to be that unless there's like apologies needed or something like that. But otherwise, like just remember why you were ever connected in the first place and reach out with that same energy of like, hey, I've been thinking of us and I miss us. Would love to catch up. Put the ball very lightly and loosely in their court. If they don't return it, then you know maybe that relationship was meant to be faded away. But they might respond with, oh, it's wonderful to hear from you. Would love to grab a drink this summer. So this prompt, number seven, who can I connect or reconnect with, doesn't mean, as you answer the prompts, that you have to do that connecting or reconnecting this very second. It just means that you have to put it in the universe that you want to, meaning you've written it in your journal, you've said it aloud to someone like, hey, I'm going to reach out to my old friend, Sally. And that's it. You're just sort of stating your intention. Maybe it will be July or August. So you actually make that reconnection, but you're being intentional about the time. And so it will be one of those things that when you get to the end of the summer, you can look back and be like, yes, I did that. I said I was going to, and I did, or at least I tried. And isn't that lovely? Okay, so number eight of the prompt is, what will I measure? So I did an episode a couple of years ago called, What Are You Measuring? (laughs) And I come back to this concept again and again, because I feel like I keep learning that you can't track what you don't measure. And I don't love this idea in every aspect of my life, but it is absolutely effective with some things. I've talked before about how I track deep work hours instead of word count when I'm writing or like how much I've done. There's a lot of ways that you can keep track of your time, right? I track deep work hours. I've also tried to track recently like how much water I drink. I felt kind of dumb doing that because like who needs an app to track their water. I mean, it sounds like kindergarten, but it is really helpful. And there's apps out there to track anything that you're trying to track. Your water intake, the pages you've read in a book, exercise, food, time, productivity. It doesn't matter what you're tracking. And I'm certainly not trying to get you to track more if you don't like the way that that feels. You know, some people don't really like putting boundaries on their time that way, or they don't like feeling stressed about keeping up with measuring something. 
But if you pick just one thing, one area where you want to see some growth, just one, and track that, I think you will be amazed at the insights. I mean, we are talking sleep, social media follows, download numbers. I mean, there's really, there's so much that one could track. So you choose whatever works makes most sense to you is what you are going to measure. And you know, of course, that I'm going to give a caveat that you should measure something that is going to make you feel like there is growth to be had and not something that is going to make you feel miserable or unhealthy or be down on yourself at the end of the day. I know we all track some of that anyway. Even if we don't use an app to do it, we keep tabs in a way that doesn't move us forward. I'm trying to get out of that mindset myself and track things that are bringing me forward momentum, that I'm striving for growth in that area. I'm trying to drink more water. I'm trying to be more consistent on this or that. And once you start to track something, you start to see patterns. You start to realize why you're possibly not having growth in that area. Maybe you're not working as much as you thought you were. You're not drinking as much water as you thought you were. You're not sleeping as well as you could have sworn you were. But once you start tracking it, you can see like, oh, maybe this is why this isn't getting done or I feel this way. Or if the math doesn't add up, let's say expenses is one of the things that you want to track, your spending, your income. You were kind of ballparking it. And when you decide to just track it honestly and correctly, then you can realize why there was a gap in what you thought was happening and what is actually happening. And you can course correct. There's also less, you know... (laughs) emotionally weighty things that you can track. You might want to track, you know, how many friends you decided to reconnect with. You might want to track letters that you wrote. You might want to track how many times you cooked at home versus ordering out. Lots and lots of options here. And I don't want to overwhelm anyone because I don't think we should all be tracking all of these things. That's just like a recipe for stress and feeling like a failure, frankly. But just pick one thing that you're going to measure And it's a thing you really want growth in. And it's a thing that you think you can achieve growth in. It's a positive thing to measure and try it for just a week, a month, the whole summer. That is number eight. What will I measure? Number nine, simplest one, but maybe the most profound. Where is my joy? Now, I specifically liked this one because I said where. I've been thinking a lot about place and location and home this spring as we've moved. And so I was being a little bit literal with this prompt of where is my joy? Is it in my home specifically? Is it in the kitchen? Is it in the backyard? Is, you know, where do we want to focus our family time together? Where do I want to use as my home base? Not just in my home, but like within my home. Where do I want to set up spaces that bring family members joy every day. That was like, where is my joy? But this can also be, of course, not location specific. It can be theoretical. Where is my joy? Like, what am I finding joy in? What can I come back to on a regular basis that centers me, that calms me, that is a reminder of the, you know, this is what I choose. Asking myself, where is my joy? If you've already got this sort of handled on your home front, you have a place that brings you a lot of joy in your house, in your space, because it's summer, you may also think about where is my joy as being somewhere you're going to go this summer. Um, 
you know, relatives you're going to visit, if you're able to take a trip, if there's a restaurant or a bookstore or a park or someplace outside of your immediate home that you can look forward to, or again, that you find to be something you want to orient yourself around. So if it's a trip or if it's a grandma's house or, you know, somewhere other than your own place that you live, then you might be looking forward to that all summer. That is where part of your summer joy resides. And so you're going to remember that. That is where your joy is this season. Or it might be like a special bend in the walk that you take every day and being like, oh, this is my joy. And you can just have like a moment every time you take that curve on the walk. Or again, one of the things I'm focusing on in our new home, having this space of joy will be really helpful for me in a little bit of a season of chaos. I'm trying to find these pockets of joy, these pockets of wares, if you will, in the current space that I'm working with. So you can take this one a few different ways, but I think that it's really important to find where your joy is, both as a physical place or as an emotional touchstone. Number nine is where is my joy? Number 10, last one, number 10. How do I want to feel at the end of the summer. Now this loops back to number one, which was what will make this summer successful, but they're not the same. I want you to hear the difference. How you may answer number one, what will make this summer successful, is almost like a, I don't want to say a to-do list because that has negative connotations, but it's almost like an, an action plan, if you will. It is looking at what is going to happen or be done to make the summer successful. Number 10 is about your feelings. How do I want to feel at the end of the summer? So this doesn't wholly take away all your to-dos or all your plans because sometimes these things might really be mixed. But regardless of if your plans this summer are a raging success or if they fall apart, how do you want to feel by the end of, say, August? Your feelings here matter. And Knowing how you want to feel at the end may dictate these other things we've talked about. Screen time, measuring and tracking, deciding what you want to read or watch. Like they may all tie into one another. But if you can think now how you want to feel in three months, I think it will be helpful for you when you're evaluating what will make the summer successful. So see how I'm tying it all together. It's not only about to-dos or wares or screen times or feelings. All of these things work together and we have to think of them holistically. We can't just ask one of these questions and then get to the end of the summer. I mean, we can, but like if we're thinking from a few different levels, from a few different angles of how we want a season to look or feel or be remembered, there's just different layers to it. And I wanted to think through several of them for myself and for you. So number 10 is, how do I want to feel at the end? And of all of the questions and prompts as I was writing these, this was the one I snagged on a little bit. Like I was like, hmm, I'm not sure because how do I know how I want to feel until I get there, right? It is like a little bit of a funny prompt in that way. But then as I sat with it a little bit, you know that I love to just sit in some silence set the timer for five minutes, sit there in silence, see what bubbles to the surface. As I sat there with this prompt, how do I want to feel? Well, a very obvious thing 
that wasn't so obvious to me when I first heard the prompt for myself, when I first wrote the prompt, was I want to feel better physically. So I've been sharing a little bit on Instagram that I've had some very bizarro health issues this spring. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. But it has been a little bit distracting. And when I thought about how do I want to feel, like I was like, well, I don't want to feel like this. Like I want to get these things under control. I want to feel like I'm not putting my health on a lower priority, which is how I feel. I haven't been able to take care of myself in the way that I should because my schedule has been so busy. Some of these things I could help, some of them I couldn't, but this summer is a chance for me to stop down, to slow down and stop feeling some of the ways that I don't want to feel or at least try. And you know what's funny about that answer is that should have been crystal clear obvious because I haven't been feeling good. So why wouldn't that be the first thing that came to my mind? But it wasn't. I had to sit with it for a few minutes. And so this may be how you answer one or all of these prompts. Like it might not be an immediate aha moment. You might need to sit with some of these or just talking it out, talking it through with someone else will bring the clarity if you don't already have it. So those are my 10 prompts for summer. I hope that it prepares you a little bit to think through some of these things at the beginning of this season. If you like this episode, if there's someone in your life who would benefit from these same prompts or from having this conversation with you, please do share the show. Your ratings on iTunes and reviews, your shares on social media, they mean so much to me. They are the number one thing that helps grow this show. And I get messages almost every single day of people who have used these prompts as conversation starters with loved ones or in their own journal. And it has really made a difference to their outlook or their relationship. It has caused a connection with themselves or with others. And that's all I'm trying to do here. So if this is true for you, if you felt that in this episode, please do share 10 things to tell you. And I will so appreciate it. You have 10 prompts to answer. I hope you do so. Have a beautiful week. Now go share something. just listen to the 10 things to tell you podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10 things to tell you.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 things to tell you. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.